You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by... Kieran and Alan. Hey, Al, how's it going? Oh, it is going fantastic. Um, I have rediscovered my love of draft, which... um. Drafting, Magic the Gathering drafting, that is. Beautiful. Um, and I have been crushing it uh, with M19. You know, as much as I feel like I love, I both love and hate the M19 format. <laughs> Before we get into it, uh, again, I'll, I'll mention that Kieran is not with us this week. He's uh, He's been having some stuff to deal with lately, so I'm going to take, take a break for a few weeks and then he'll be back to us. Um, yeah. But yeah, so M19 draft, I've also been playing it. Uh, I, I, I thought I was a draft god. I came into Arena. Spent my gems, uh, went set not seven zero but like seven seven wins seven two I think I was and uh, just crushed it with a blue white deck and then every draft that I've done since has been like o three or like two three or three three and uh, my all my gems are gone and uh, my confidence has been destroyed. So uh, how have you been getting on? I feel like I'm probably on the very same trajectory as you were, except uh, I'm still at the feeling like a god phase. Uh, I just went seven one with um, a it was, I guess it'd be like a, a mediocre red-white deck. But because I, I I think before today, I drafted maybe like a total of three times on Magic Arena. Um, I, I've been really mainly, mainly just focused on, focused on, on Constructed. Uh, ever since that you know controversial Ben Stark video came out where he says uh, you know, that drafting is the best thing you can do for getting Magic Magic and playing Tron is the worst thing you can do. Uh, I, I've been making efforts to, to draft more. Um, I might try the Mythic Lime this, this season uh, using draft alone. Um, have you so um uh, have you played Tron less? I've been playing Tron a lot. Um, I I sold it at Magic Online and um yeah, have I, so I haven't played since uh, the Orbit you. Okay, I mean, um, well yeah, I suppose I mean, it's it's more about drafting more rather than I'm still play Tron. I mean, it's more about drafting more uh, than playing Tron less. And then I'm kind of getting bored of the standard format. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I... Anyway, so I, I think because I've tra- yeah because I've drafted so little before, uh, all my opponents um in 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 in, 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 in uh, the M19 drafts. Have all been terrible, and I've been destroying them. Lots of uh, lots of turn one. The Johnny's welcome. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the one man enchantment. Yeah, so lot, lots of people playing that in turn one. Oh, okay. I thought but, you uh, were playing that, and I was like, what? No, no, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, lots of opponents playing playing that. Yeah, uh, like turn one of Johnny's welcome. Turn twos, uh, sovereign's bite, <laughs> and then it's like I just have so much more cards than you. That I mean, but yeah, I've I've, I've, very, I've thoroughly enjoyed crushing it. Johnny's welcome can be good if you have like some pride mates and some epicures of blood but uh yeah if you just play it turn one and then don't play a creature turn two you're pretty sad yeah exactly it's a uh, definitely i think that that, yeah, that black white life game deck can be very very strong when it when it's all when it all comes together but um you can't really play you can't, you can't really play the individual parts um for value not really no i think there there are some decks like that in m19 draft that you can do like i think the blue white deck yeah. you can play the individual parts for value and then if if the stars align, then you get the artifact deck that comes together. Um, but that's like not yeah. there. You can just get by with like omen speakers and daybreak chaplains, and then a few flyers, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've been. I don't know, was it remember Lords Unlimited called uh, the Three Musketeers? You know, the Three Musketeers of the red white deck, or even just any white deck is a. Uh, oh God, what um, the Pegasus Pegasus Corsair, the Steel Heart Stag, and um, Angel of Dawn. But having those three comments is just they're just insane together. Uh, okay. The deck I went seven one with was a uh, red white with those, like multiple copies of those. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you for I'm sure the people no, no. listening at home who uh who are horrified at your pronunciation. It's Pegasus Corsair, not Corsair. He's not a pirate. <laughs> I was a high Corsair in my head from undergrad. Corsair, Corsair, and then the Corsair Crufix. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then it's Star Crown Stag, not Steelheart Stag. Good God, did I get Angel of Dawn right at least? Yeah, you, yeah, you're good on that one. Angle of Dawn, <laughs> ninety degrees. Okay, I'm pretty up. Yeah, I'm usually better at card names. Um, I also had so what you call a Steel Crown Stag, and um, <laughs> you know the two mana removal that you can kill, kill a, kill a tapped creature. Yeah, judgment, something judgment. Take vengeance. Harsh judgment. Take vengeance. <laughs> harsh judgment. Oh, sorry. I, harsh judgment is what you're doing to me right now, David Wolf. Yes. Take vengeance. Uh, so yeah, just you can just tap down any creature and then just kill it with a uh, take vengeance. Is uh, that is a sick combo, all right? Yeah, I've really been enjoying M19 draft. It's a, it's like a good solid like nuts and bolts format. I, I was getting a little bit sick of um of uh, Ravnica Allegiance draft. So yeah, I'm happy okay, yeah. With a refresher here. I prefer a different format though to come back. Like I, it'd be nice for this one to just be here for like a week and then go away. Um, I I like um I would love like Dominaria or even like something that I didn't play a lot, like Rivals of Ixalan. I, I don't think I played a lot of Rivals of Ixalan draft. So if that... I actually, yeah, I actually played zero uh, Rivals of Ixalan draft, and it, it was something that at the time I felt like it was a correct decision to make because it's like, oh, well, there's, there's there, at the time there's no competitive uh, Rivals um, tournament, so I was like, I'm just not going to play any. But I feel like I definitely missed out because uh, I, I actually because I hated Ixalan, um, like I had a lot of that. But I, I think I, I, yeah, like myself, I, I feel like I have missed out from just skipping an entire draft format. Yeah, I, I know that Rivals actually was the, the draft format for a few weeks before M19, but I don't know what happened. I just kind of blanked it. I didn't, didn't even think about it for some reason. So I think I kind of lost my chance, but I'm sure it'll come back before it rotates out of standard at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would love to see. I mean, I don't know how to go to it, but oh, the conversation you had before about how they'd implement like a postmodern format that let's say if it's like Frontier or starts at Magic Origins. Like I'd love if they... Like just one weekend, they just had um, like triple shadows as a draft. Uh, you know, it could be it could be the same time they introduce uh, you know a post modern format. Just once a week, have um, the, the all the draft sets for the last few years, uh, so people can start building their collection, um, and so so they can you know, program older cards into um, Magic Arena. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I love shadows draft format as well, so that would be awesome. Yeah, BFC. Um, not so sure about that one. But uh, I mean, I, I drafted it a fair bit when it was out, and I actually I didn't hate it. But I know a lot of people really hated it, and I know that it, yeah. objectively it's not that good. But I I was like, eh, I'm just gonna cast some Eldrazi Sky Spawners, enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was my first format, so I played a lot of it. Um, I'll tell you about it. Though. You, you were partially involved in the story when uh, I opened uh, Misty Rainforest Expedition, one of the first times I was like playing Magic. Oh yeah. Um, so it was like me, me and a mate. We, we just we literally just had, we just had to learn how to play, and uh, we used to just go to the shop and buy uh, those steel pools of Battle for card, just open them and play them, play them, play them in the pub. And uh, and it was this is this is really it's one of, it's that kind of real life phase when you're playing Magic where you're like you know every card is like oh my god this is so cool look at this and it's it's uh, you don't know all the cards in a set and you're you're excited by seeing cards you haven't seen before. Um, so me and my Paddy went and uh, basically we're, as we're opening our packs, I I, I take it, I open this card called Missy Rainforest, which looks like it's a really bad card because it does damage to you. And uh, because it was different looking, I took a photograph and sent it to you. And I was like, what's this? And then you wrote back being like, are you for fucking real? Did you just open the expedition Missy Rainforest? Uh, so while I was in the conversation, while I was looking up how, how much it was worth, 
um, Paddy had opened um, oh I think was was it a, was there Smite Monsters did that set or uh, you know, the art was just like you know the Zendikarians taking down a uh, big Eldrazi uh, creature with like you know hooks and stuff yes um, so he's like oh, ah look at this card look isn't it this card is cool it looks like attacking Titan and I remember looking up and <laughs> I, just, I feel like this is the moment when I kind of lost my innocence of, of being inside of my new cards I, I literally looked up and said oh I don't and I went back to looking up uh, uh, the, the, the price of this ring. And I, it was, I was too excited by opening a potentially valuable, valuable card to come up with a politer excuse to uh, return to my Google searching. That's brilliant. That was a pivotal moment in my magic career. Yes. And now you're all about the value. No, I am. I'm all about the value. All the value. No promos. <laughs> I'm working that. All right. Well, that's our, that's our spiel on M19. Uh, we have a lot of cards to talk about today, so let's quickly hit our, our kind of news for the week, which is uh, Andrea Mangucci, our boy, Mangu, uh, we we said it last Boom. week, and he, he delivered. He uh, he won the Mythic Invitational, that $250,000. Pretty nice. Yeah, he actually he absolutely crushed top four. He just seemed so comfortable and so uh, just in control of our head in all the games. Well, yeah, all the games he was in. Uh, well done to Mangu. Yeah, and he, he posted... Like, a, like, a cool video. He he did a stream after he came home, and he he posted a video with a, a retrospective, like his thoughts about the Mythic Invitational, and like he was fairly like, in my opinion, he was he was quite fair about it. He was like, "Hey, this was good for Magic. There was a, this was an awesome weekend. This was really fun to participate in. However, the actual Magic that we played was a bit terrible uh, and <laughs> very coin flippy, yeah. intensive. Uh, but overall, he's very positive about it, and it's a it's a really interesting video to watch." Um, so I will link that in the show notes, of course. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think yeah, we, we were just, this was last week. We could talk about the magic itself, but like it, it was such a hugely successful uh, weekend for the game. Um, I, I think it'd be impossible to to not be excited about uh, where the game's going. Yeah, it's very positive overall. All right, we have a bunch of cards here to talk about. Um, I don't even know if we should talk about them all because, like, when we started last week, when we started talking about the cards. We, there was like a trickle. It was the first kind of salvo of uh, preview cards, but now there's just so many. I don't know if you want to talk about them all. I know. Um, I think we should. No, not all of them. I'll let you take the reins for this one. Uh, you can choose the cards we talk about. If it seems like there's one that you're forgetting, I'll, I'll jump in. But um, I think we, we can hit the Planeswalkers at least. Sure, yeah. Um, actually, no. Well, well, actually, maybe not. Most of them are Planeswalkers, so that would still be a lot. Quite a lot of Planeswalkers, uh, funny enough. Um yeah, I mean, I, I'll just kind of pick and choose which ones I like here. I, I, we, I, we'll try and talk about most of whatever we have uh, previewed already today. Uh, I'll leave it yeah. like the obviously bad cards. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. And I have a list here of cards that we've already talked about, so we won't talk about those again. Um, okay, so we'll we'll go through by color. So we'll start with white. So first of all, we have Gideon Blackblade. So he's one of the mythic planeswalkers of the set. So he's a Fully featured Planeswalker, unlike some of the other ones. Um, so he's one white-white for Legendary Planeswalker Gideon. Comes in with four loyalty. And his static ability, as we know, all the all the Planeswalkers in this set have static abilities. Uh, this guy actually has two. So it says, as long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible that's still a Planeswalker. And then prevent all damage that would be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. So he's indestructible and prevent all damage. Uh, and he has plus one. Up to one other target creature you control gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible until end of turn. And minus six, exile target non-land permanent. 
So how do you feel about Gideon Blackblade? Uh, well, first of all, we called it. Uh, didn't we say that Gideon would be one of the, uh, the mythic, one of the three mythic planeswalkers of the set? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I, I don't remember. Out there. Okay, I think I did. <laughs> not, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. But anyway, um, yeah, this is I, I straight away. This just seems like absolutely bananas because it's it's we have our you know usual zero ability on Gideon, except you get it for free every turn. Um, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, and it's like I suppose I suppose looking look at play patterns or something like um of uh of like say Gideon and I, I Zendikar. Like sometimes sometimes you just want to just build up his lot like just tick him up anyway. Tick tick him up without getting any value. So um I say right. So sometimes. Gideon, you'd take him up, but you wouldn't attack with him. Even even sometimes on the first turn, he comes in for Gideon Alexander Sendikar. Sometimes you take him up, uh, just get his just get his loyalty high to avoid being killed uh, on backswing and stuff. So the fact that um, we can also use that same pattern pattern for Gideon Blackblade, where we're taking up, but we're not only are we making him uh, a creature, we're also getting more value out of whatever's on the board. Um, and then yeah, I guess his, his I guess his, his minus result, I guess in this case, is a. Is low power or something that you may not, you may not see being used all the time, but I don't know. I guess like it's it's three mana, like it's bonkers. Am I right? Yeah, I mean the baseline here is is a three mana four four indestructible uh, that can be attacked directly on your turn and killed. So like he's not really that good defensively, um, he, and a three mana. I think he he wants to be in. Yeah, he wants to be in an attacking deck, right? Uh, like and building up to yeah. his like ultimate is not going to win you the game. So you have to win the game with his creature ability. And his plus one is very minor, to be honest. Like vigilance, lifelinger, indestructible. Those are all good abilities. However, like I mean, like vigilance, lifelink, they're good in like racing situations. So it's good if you're against another aggressive deck or another mid range deck. And then indestructible, uh, obviously that's good against like controlling decks. But if you are giving a creature you control indestructible, then you know presumably the if if the control deck can kill that creature at instant speed, they'll just do that in response. Um, I don't know. He, he, yeah, I, I, he's a good attacker. <laughs> I mean, I, I think yeah, I, I think you're right. Giving something indestructible into that end in the turn isn't great at sorcery speed. But I suppose, like you said, his downside is you can be attacked back uh, as a big creature. But like if you have, if you are if you have board presence or like a two drop and you're given a vigilance, uh, you're preventing that. You're kind of mitigating against that downside. Yeah, uh, he does protect himself yes, in that way. Himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think like I don't know. Let's just say if you just picture Mardu vehicles from last year and just have him in it instead of Gideon Alexander. I mean, this much better or worse is that this would be a slam dunk in Mardu vehicles, but you know we don't have Mardu vehicles anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, if if a deck like that comes together, maybe not this set, or maybe with the next set, or, uh, or maybe later on. Um, yeah, that that is just the style of. Walker, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could fit in the existing uh, White Weenie deck. They already have... It's it's already a pretty crowded deck, to be honest. And especially with a three mana cost that can't be reduced. Like, uh, the, the highest converted mana cost in the White Weenie deck is five, which is the uh, the stupid elephant, the Convoke elephant. But um, yeah, that obviously costs a lot less than five. A lot of the time it costs, you know, two or three, or sometimes it's even free. And then you have... Um, then you have Conclave Tribunal, which is the same. So at the moment, you have uh, Banalish Marshall and History of Banalia at three. And I think both of those are better than Gideon, I want to say. So maybe Gideon is like a sideboard card for that deck against control decks that can't attack Gideon back. But he still just does die to Vraska's Contempt, though. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because I guess just the way his plus is, is uh, he, um, he kind of he gets benefit from, you know, 
going taller rather than going wide. Like his, he say his plus one is going to be pretty pretty crap if you're uh, you know have a whole load of tokens going wide. Yeah. So yeah, he, he kind of it's there is kind of a conflict with him in that. Definitely. Like on a, yeah, or maybe some I don't know, maybe something like the uh, the you know, red one, the Boros Angels deck, something like that, where you have big individual creatures. Yeah, that could be a good good shout. Yeah, some kind of a mid rangey uh, white deck with either either uh, yeah. red or black or something. Yeah. Um, like for example, he could if you play him with um, what's the name of the black white angel? Oh, Seraph of the Scales. Yeah, so Seraph of the Scales has the ability to gain vigilance or I oh, know it's. Yeah, vigilance or death touch, right? So you could yeah, yeah. plus this to give it kind of vigilance for free, and then you know keep up your yeah. death touch activation. So it's kind of like yeah, yeah, a small advantage there. But it it doesn't. This card doesn't get you card advantage, you know. So it's not good against a control deck in the in the traditional way that planeswalkers are good against control decks, like drawing cards and meaning that you kind of overwhelm their board or whatever. Uh, he can just be directly answered. So. But it's yeah, cool less, and it's like good on yeah. like a three mana four four indestructible. I mean, I know he's not exactly that because he can be attacked on when it's not your turn, but that's already playable, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're the one doing attacking, he's great. And I guess I guess he can be card advantage if you get up to seven, then minus six to have him. True, true. Well, that's I mean, that's yeah, you're probably you're probably well in control of the game where you're not. But... Maybe not. I mean, that sounds like a, a scenario yeah. for a mid range mirror. Yeah. Where there's like no attacks and he just yeah, keeps thing, uh, and then eventually yes, yeah, uh, to to snipe a key permanent. Yeah, I guess he could, like he could, he could, like he's he's on five at the end of, at the end of turn three. So yeah, that's it's it actually is pretty quick. Um. All right. Next up, we have the Wanderer. So uh, three and a white for uh, this is an uncommon planeswalker. So just uh, two abilities here: one static and one uh, loyalty ability. So. The static is prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control. And five loyalty, and then just a minus two, exile target creature with power four or greater. So you can play this, exile a big thing, exile another big thing, and then you just have uh, an enchantment kind of that, that turns off burn spells. I think this is good. Yeah, so it's... um. I guess it's yeah, it's going to net you some life uh, if, if they got a... If they did, uh, Burn this, you and other permanents. Yeah, so you can't be burned directly. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I, I suppose it's like if you're if you're not against uh, a red deck, um, it's not going to do much at all, right? Apart from the minus two. Like, does, does that static ability only apply for like burn spells? Oh, long combat damage. Yeah, yeah. I guess well, maybe. Oh, actually, black does black does damage at the moment, so maybe maybe not. Yeah, it could be black damage spells. It also counts fight. Fight as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think this is a good card. Could again could be a sideboard material. Uh, depends on the size of creatures, I think, because you're not just playing it for the first line. So if if it can be a double removal spell for four mana, that's pretty good for like big creatures. I think that's quite good. Oh yeah, yeah oh, that's actually that way. That is very good. Yeah, yeah, like it could like yeah again against a bigger against a bigger range check. Um, yeah, this could just be a lot. Of, this could just give you a lot of value while still sticking around and for whatever elements uh, the first line will have. Mm-hmm. So uh, is this Emrakul or Elspeth? I I am fully on board with the Emrakul theory. Yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, I, I if you haven't seen this, uh, people there's just people have compared this to the art of a uh, shrine of the Forsaken Gods in BFC, where it's like the the three gods that the um, what's it, Merfolk and Zendikar worshipped, um, yeah, kind of you know not realizing that they're the Eldrazi, so kind of humanized forms of the Eldrazi, and there's a few uh, there's a few similarities between uh, the Wanderer. 
and uh, the human representation of Emrakul. Yeah, basically the the anthropomorphized representation of Emrakul was um, Emeria, right? So like yeah, yeah. mountain that Emrakul was actually inside, plus also the goddess of the mountain or whatever. But yeah, she... she yeah. The Wanderer does look a bit like Emeria, but also, I mean, I just think it's a cool idea. It's a great theory, and it would be nice yeah. for wizards to kind of sprinkle this in. And of course, Emrakul and the Eldrazi are, are quite complex. We still don't really know what's going on there, like the way it was left at the end of Eldritch Moon, with Emrakul basically sealing herself inside the moon. And she appeared as a human, you know, humanoid figure to Jace, speaking to him in his in his mind. So... You know, this could well be her. And of course, the Eldrazi can cross the the blind eternities. So, you know, I'm in for this yep. conspiracy theory. I like it. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah, I feel like it. I'll see if I can link the uh, the thread, the Reddit thread about this in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think when someone first, when this was first wild, people said, oh, it's Gobi, it's, it's, it's Elspeth. And uh, my immediate response was, oh, I really, I really hope it's not Elspeth because I really hate the, like, uh, I hate the trope of, Oh, this mysterious character actually turned out to be this other mysterious character. That's kind of that's a, a, a very easy trope to do. It's something, something that I, I wouldn't like to see. But then when someone said, "Oh, it could be Emrakul," I'm like, "Boom! I'm on board with that one." <laughs> I I I'd be delighted if that was the case. That would be that'd be the exception uh, for this trope that I, I do like. I mean, when a mysterious hooded figure turns out to be giant giant fish monster. I don't super get the it's Elspeth thing. Like she doesn't really look anything like Elspeth, and. As far as we know, Elspeth was still trapped in the Theros underworld. So, like, she's literally she's dead. Like, she how <laughs> how is she going anywhere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think people. I think just the fact that it's a white planeswalker who has a uh, a similar mindless ability to Elspeth. That's, yeah. that's, I think that's all people are going on. Like, I I feel like they would save Elspeth for like a proper return to Theros. But also, I guess this is not really. They're not using this character in any way. This is more of a nod. Um. It's also interesting, this is mentioned in the in the thread as well, but this uh, Planeswalker, the Wanderer, does not have a Planeswalker type. Yeah, that's very strange, yeah. Very unusual. Yeah, does it make any, does it make any gameplay difference? I don't think it does. Uh, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, it's... No, I don't think it does. Yeah, because the legendary rule now looks at the, the name of the card rather than the, uh, the Planeswalker type. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, there yeah. could be there could be a difference in the future if they start looking at planeswalker. Well, they they already do look at planeswalker types, as we'll see with some of the preview cards later, but not. Oh yeah, yeah. For the main planeswalkers, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got Teo, the Shield Mage, two and a white legendary planeswalker. Again, five loyalty, uh, static ability. You have hexproof, and the uh, minus two create an O three white wall creature token with defender, so you can make two. O three walls and you have hexproof. Yeah, I feel like look look, look at the standard um having hexproof you know, has only called with um shall I oh is there another creature? Um I guess sorry, Storm Tamer is is to is all counter and abilities attack you. Uh but also but you you have an hexproof doesn't oh sorry, I'm thinking of a scroll spellbreaker as well, gives you hexproof. But I think it's like it's it, it has been very narrow when that does come up in a in a game. Um but I think yeah, I guess that's what presents actually maybe maybe there is a, a maybe like a constant static ability. Uh on the tree drop will be important, and um, uh, like, I think I'll, I'll like the discard spells or 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 you know, I think I think there, there's a wide range of stuff in standard that, that this does. Come to think of it, this there is a wide range of stuff in standard that uh, this does. Uh, it is relevant for um, yeah. Static ability. Uh, I think it's um I think it 
could be an okay cyborg card against like the mono red deck because you have hexproof means that you know they can't burn they can't point the burn at your face and then if you're able to create two walls because they're o3s they don't die to being attacked by gitu lava runners or vishina pyromancers so they have kind of have to spend a burn spell on them of course they could finish them off with the goblin chain whirler but then you still block some damage and you get to minus again um I don't know. Could be an okay cyborg card. It's only three. I think. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the more I think about it, more this does seem like it would be very good against Mono Red because as well. Um, Mono Red. Yeah. So the, yeah, you play him. They have to yeah, point burn, burn spells at him instead. But uh, it's also. I mean, well, you know, they 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 don't necessarily want to do that because uh, you know, it's going to be turning off their special spectacle cards if they're spending their turn to kill kill him. But they'll still have you know three mana for their light up stage, three mana for their. Uh, uh, scooter critics. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he is very disruptive to Monoraid's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think that's all the planeswalkers we have in white. So I might, I, I guess, I think there's only really one card that I want to talk about more in white, and then you can say if you want to talk about any more, uh, which is Gideon's Triumph. Yeah. So we'll see with Liliana's Triumph later. This appears to be a mirror of the defeat cycle from Hour of Devastation. Uh, so Gideon's Triumph is one and a white for an instant. Target opponent sacrifices a creature that attacked or blocked this turn. If you control a Gideon Planeswalker, that player sacrifices two of those creatures instead. Um, yeah, so I'm comparing this uh, emanating, emanating Lair, which was only the first half of this text. Uh, and that did see play in, in Standard. Um, what was important card in Standard. Um, yeah, I, I think this is very good. Um, because I suppose yeah, we, we, there's not many... I think something we're seeing in this set a lot is... Lots of uh, we saw this with the last card as well. There's like lots of hexproof, and there's lots of ways to deal with hexproof. Um, so I guess it's something that it's uh, like I guess um, like Cell Directors was was white's only way to deal with um, uh, Carnage Iron before I think. Um, whereas yeah, this 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 is another way, cheaper way. Um, yeah, and if you happen to have a Gideon, it's just an insane value. Yeah, and I like the way that this card is worded. It's not worded. Uh, I think Immolating Glare is worded as sacrifices an attacking or blocking creature, right? Oh yes, yeah. Which means that they have to be attacking at that moment. So if if it's post combat, you can't get them. But the way that this is worded, you can actually cast this in the second main phase of the player who attacked. And like, let's say, let's say they have three creatures. You attack. Uh, you none of your creatures are big enough to block their biggest one. What you can do is block the two smaller ones. Trade, trade. They're left with one creature that attacked this turn. Then you can cast this. Admittedly, you've taken the damage, but uh you get to kill their biggest creature then so this is there's an yeah. dimension to this with the with the wording and of course if you ever get the side of controlling a gideon planeswalker at the same time then it's pretty amazing god yeah and imagine uh combining that line of play with like first strike to be able to first strike kill a spotter creature and then before actual damage yeah. uh, classes that would be that would be really um, actually yeah, for us it's a sort of emanating uh, glare emanating glare is actually uh targeted destroy target attacking creature oh really okay but this is a lot better. This is a this is a lot better than Immolating Glare. Uh, no, I mean I think Immolating Glare is <laughs> is probably better in most cases, right? Because oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, you're you're yeah, yeah, you're choosing the creature, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean they're different, but they they have different applications or whatever. So, but there there yeah. was a a spell like this that got played that was sacked. Exactly, yeah, that, that's kind of yeah, benchline. I'm I'm, I'm signing on, yeah, yeah. All right, uh. Let's go on to blue, unless you want to talk about anything else in white. Uh, there is, uh, this, is a, this is a hard one, uh, Tomic Distinguished Advocate. 
Uh, this is a card that looks like it's not going to have any impact on standard. Um, this is white white for legendary creature human advisor. I think when it, when, it, when a creature is human, human advisor, that's a hint that it's going to see play in Legacy. Uh, it's a uh, flying. Uh, so two three with fire, or two two three with flying. Uh, lands in the battlefield and land cards in graveyards can't be the targets, target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Uh, your opponents can't play land cards from graveyards. Uh, so this seems to be just another tool for uh, Legacy Death and Taxes for their uh, lands matchup, which as far as I know, it's already heavily in their favor. So <laughs> put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this card exists. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything in standard, right? It's a. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, no. Two mana, two three is okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's, that's, it, it could do something. Go to draft for that alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Decent body. Also, in in modern, it could have some applications with, uh, like, maybe in the humans deck with Militia Bugler. It's another sideboard option. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is um, the preemptive hate card for Tron when they reprint Tron in the next set. (laughs) Actually, no, it's not even that. It's it's protecting Tron. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, what? You're just, uh, as a Tron player, you feel so set upon that any time a card mentions land, (laughs) you're like, oh, it must be some Tron hate. Yeah, for the last six sets, or whatever, they, they seems like it seems like they purposely printed a card for the sole value of hating on Tron, and um, but Tron still lives on. <laughs> um, okay, we'll move. Oh, yeah, that's that's all that for. Uh, yeah. So we have Jace Wielder of Mysteries. It's a uh, one blue, blue, blue for a four mana Planeswalker and static ability. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Okay. Um, yeah, one like it. player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw cards. So thought scour. Um, yeah, and minus eight, draw seven cards. Then, if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. Uh, this is bad, but yeah, I I, I, I want to say more about it, but I can't. Thought scour is pretty. It's good. not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it, if if we if you see if you see you know more graveyard synergies and more graveyard support later on, um, this would be good. I can imagine him just like a. In the Scarab God kind of de- type of deck for uh, you know just the zombies X we saw before. Um, but I think because he's triple blue, it's kind of hard to slot him into like other existing strategies. Uh, I can see him being good if like some ridiculous combo emerges you know, later on, uh, but I-, I don't see it right now. He he kind of like when I read him at first, I was like, okay, this is for a mill deck. But then you you want to mill yourself actually with him because you win the yeah you know, exactly. But he, yeah, yeah. I, I, the first, he does also mill the opponent. Like he, you can target the other player with the top two cards of their library into their graveyard if you want. Yeah, it's a shame the minus eight doesn't target the player. So you draw seven cards. Mm, yeah, I guess. I, it's also funny the way I don't know. Yeah, you win the game twice. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's because if if you get him up to eight and then cast and then minus eight, he won't be on the battlefield anymore when you draw the seven cards. So his static ability would no longer work. Yeah, lose. Which would feel? But then you'd lose. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. That's that's why that's templated that way. Yeah, I like that. I think there's a yeah. I, I it's there, there's another card. There's another planeswalker that has the same same kind of deal going on. I remember Samuth. I think it is. yeah Samuth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it seems it seems strange that like Orndi would design a card that fits into no no existing strategies in um in any format. So maybe <laughs> something else is coming. Uh. I, yeah. I don't know. Is this the most underwhelming Jace ever printed? I think it is. Uh, you know, at least um, sexy Jace was sexy. This one's not even sexy. Yeah, and he's a good mono blue sideboard card. Um, I think, yeah, I think was it Jace Ingenious Mage, the 
the Planeswalker deck one. I think that could have been even better than this. <laughs> I was going to say, okay, you can't use that as an example of something that's worse because it's not a real card. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be better than this, you're right. Ingenious Fine Mage. Uh, I think it might be, well, it's card advantage at least. Well, I suppose this one is too. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, would you rather minus seven draw three cards or minus nine gain control of up to three target creatures? That sounds pretty good. Uh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, there are there are graveyard synergies in standard. You have things like um, Jumpstart and Undergrowth, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Drake, the, the Drake stuff. Um, sure. Um, adapt. What's what's the adapt guy? The the Salamander. Oh, um. Yeah, Terramander. Terramander. Yeah, Terramander. I'm not good with card names today. So, I don't know. There there are yeah, so, things that you can do with the ability, but yeah, this guy is just pretty much bad. I would not be looking to put Jace into any of my decks. Uh, moving on to Fibblethip the Lost. Uh, one and a blue for a legendary creature, Homunculus. It's a 1-1. One, one. And when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. And when it becomes the target of a spell, shuffle it into its owner's library. I guess this is a good tech against uh, mill decks that don't exist. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Is it? Um, not really, no. Well, no, it's not, it's not really. You're, 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 you can minus your Teferi on this to put a back. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I mean, I suppose when we first saw this, we compared it to Dusk Legion's Elif, um, you know, like basically like, like an Elvish an Mystic. Elvish Mystic. Elvish Vision. Elvish Mystic. That, um, Elvish, Elvish Mystic, yeah, that, that, uh, Visionary. That has, the, 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 yeah, sorry, Jesus Christ, card names are so bad today. Yeah, <laughs> Elvish Visionary. Um, where uh, it's, it's it's that with extra line of text, but I feel like it being legendary is more of a downside than the extra line of text is an upside. Um, um, like you, you'd be like in those dusk legions that are mid range decks, like you're you're you're, play, you're playing four of those no matter what. Um, then again, I suppose like for sacrifice of one, you're still getting value out of it. Yeah, you're recycling. Yeah, like I don't think it's that bad, and like don't forget that there are things in standard that still key off legendary creatures. The, you know, historic stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a yeah. Amber. Oh my god! I promised myself that I had looked at these spoilers through the lens of Mox Amber, but I have not until now. I think we have to go back and reevaluate everything. Mox Amber counts for all Jacefield. these planeswalkers. Does, does it make Jacefield or Mysteries better? No. No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you can uh, yeah, three three. if you play Fibbletop on turn two, and then you have a Mox Amber as well. Yeah, that is actually pretty good. I mean, or right, Mox Amber goes, does go pretty well with this one. Listen to this one, right? So, your opening hand is Island, Island, uh, four Mox Ambers, and Fibbletip. <laughs> yes. So, on turn two, you can play Fibbletip, play a Mox Amber, float a blue, play a Mox Amber, float a blue, play a Mox Amber, float a blue, and then cast Chase. <laughs> nice. And then thought scare yourself. And draw one card <laughs> for those four that you used. Well, I mean, you got one back from Fibbletip, so I guess. Yeah, it's. Still- yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, another blue two drop. Oh, actually, actually, wait. While I'm still thinking about Mox Amber, uh, Tomic is also a two mana legendary. Oh shit! Yeah. So just it's a shame he doesn't do anything in this format, but uh, yeah, let's keep an eye out for it. Um, okay, another two mana blue creature. One in the blue for Augur of Bolas. This is a reprint. It's cool. It's a Merfolk wizard. It's a one three. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you can look at the top three cards of your library. And then you can reveal an instant or sorcery from among them and put it into your hand and then put the rest on the bottom of your library. Uh, this is a cool card. It's played in like Popper and stuff like that. It has very relevant types here. Merfolk uh, probably doesn't want to go on a Merfolk deck, but Wizard could definitely go on a Wizard deck. And of course, when you play it, it can search up um, 
Wizards Lightning or Wizards Retort. You know, when you look at those top three, those yeah. your options. So uh, obviously a good card for like control decks or even uh, mid-range spell-based decks, kind of like Drake's. I think it's a, a great reprint for standard. Yeah, I think I think it's great. it's great that we're seeing it while you know for the small window while both Murfolk and Wizard are relevant relevant feature types. Uh, yeah, happy to see this. Um, it's a good role player. Yeah, definitely. I there's not really any other cards left in blue that I want to talk about all that much. Um, maybe I guess I you're Teferi's Time Twist is kind of cool. Yeah. So it's like a, an instant speed blink, and uh, it comes back at the end step. And if it's a creature, it gets an additional plus one, plus one counter, which could be good for, like, proliferate stuff. So, I mean, I could see this in standard, maybe, but it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, like, additional protection for your mono blue deck. Oh. Yeah. But I will, yeah, maybe it doesn't need that, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 it could go somewhere. Um, okay, moving on to black. Uh, we already talked about Liliana, we talked about Obnixilis, so going down to Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage. So it's a two and a black for a uh, Planeswalker. And three starting loyalty, so a good bit less than the than the other ones we've seen. Uh, and the static ability is at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep. If that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel Rogue Shadow Mage deals two damage to them. Um, and the minus one ability is target player discards a card. So minus one this time, so you can do it three times before he dies, or you can just do it twice and leave him in play. So it could be like a mind rot or slightly better than a mind rot if you if you get to do it three times. Of course, it can still be attacked. Um, and then the you know the the ability is also getting them down cards. So uh, you probably don't want to take it down the third time if they're not on many cards um, because you're going to get that two damage every turn. But of course, the opponent can just kind of play around that by keeping cards in hand, just keeping up to two cards in hand. Um, and then you know your your dude is sitting on on one loyalty, and if you minus it to make them discard one, well then the two damage threat isn't there. So this guy I think works pretty well in multiples. I want to say because if you can minus it three times to make them discard their whole hand and then play another one, you're you're doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose um, so I suppose like the deck I'm playing standard to moment a lot is a like, mid range deck with lots of looks like loads and loads of hand disruption and uh, and you know either either you you choosing cards from their hand to, to discard or them discarding themselves between um uh get disinformation campaign and and uh uh Nicole Bolas himself. But I think like so it's like if there's a deck that this card would fit into it would be a deck like that. But I think like usually the advantage in, in, in Grix is usually the advantage you're getting is that you're you're um you know, you're forcing your opponent to play in a certain way while you're gaining card advantage. Where I feel like this coming down, yeah you're you're taking cards out of your opponent's hand but like he himself isn't doing doing much apart from that. Um and then it's not really a deck where you know the two damage every turn would matter. Uh, if you're you know, in a strategy where you're just going to bury your opponent to card advantage. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In, in the decks that would want this kind of effect, I think this information campaign is going to be better overall, and the types of cards that you want to play anyway, like uh, Thought Erasure or whatever, are going to be better. But maybe like there's a dedicated discard deck that this guy can slot into, because I feel like the, the Grixis deck has a discard theme, but that's not all it's about. But if there's a, a stronger discard deck, then maybe this card can have a home. Uh, also, when I read his static ability, it got me feeling kind of excited because I was like, wait a minute, Fever Visions? Because it's kind of an opposite Fever Vision. Yes, yes. So, I don't know. Yeah, God, that's exactly... I, yeah. I would be happy for this guy to see play, but I don't really see it. It seems okay in Limited. Yeah, I think it's fine in Limited. Um, it's like a slow... You think, slow okay, 
All right, 7th of April, 2019. I'm going to call it that in the next set. 420, um, they're going to reprint the rack. <laughs> okay, I really highly doubt that. They'll go in that deck. Okay. We'll see, we'll see. All right, next up, we've got Massacre Girl. Long awaited. Uh, she's a legendary creature. Oh, yes. Assassin. Three black black for a 4-4 four, four menace. When Massacre Girl enters the battlefield, each other creature gets a min- gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Yeah, I feel like this is, this is obviously a card that's been long anticipated. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in it. Because, um, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, there will be some board states where this will just, you know, massacre the, the opponent's, uh, the, the opponent's uh, side of the board. Uh, but I think it is kind of narrow that when everything lines up, it's amazing. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, you know five mana four four menace, which I think is standard. You know that that's a you know, the five mana slot is is highly contested uh, already. Um, I guess like if you're yeah black red, if you're a black red mid range deck, you can kind of make like, you can play this post combat um, to you know do some really silly silly stuff. Uh, so I think like we'll see some positions where there will be some board states where where, where this will dominate. Uh, but I think it's too narrow and the floor is quite low. Uh, for standard yeah i think you're probably right limited this will be really really good and like you said you can enter oh, yeah. situations where it's good it also counts your own creatures so like, you could build your deck with this in mind with where you have only one toughness creatures or whatever yeah yeah i think as well it's like if you just look at a normal war state that um that sultai would have like sultai like when sultai has a big board it's creatures usually do have toughness of like one two three and four like you have you have um yeah like six plays, one ones two ones three twos four threes it really does go all the way up. And like, if you think about this with cards like Footlight Fiend or something that um, that can when they die, or like Judith who can do some pain oh, be... board. Yeah. Um, That'd be gosh, or I had another card in my head. Uh, or like, um, what's the the soldier that dies into a token? So like, it dies and then it the token dies and then that'll trigger for everything else as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think there's applications for this, but yeah, I, w- I think it's a little bit far fetched to see it in standard. Yeah, I think um, we were discussing whatever creature dies to turn each creature. So let's say let's say if opponent has two one ones and a tree tree, this will kill the tree tree. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but that, as long as that does open up a little bit more. Yeah, I, I mm, even I, I'm, I'm aware that I could be I could be wrong, but um, I I feel like it is too narrow. But uh, I'd I'd like to be proven wrong. Like even if the opponent has. A one toughness, a two toughness, and a three toughness. It, it kills them all. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's the first thing I'm looking at is, is, is yeah, like you know, is, the toughness is increasing in in a, in recent like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, if you have three one ones and a four four, yeah, uh, it kills them all. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Moving on to uh, Liliana's Triumph. So I mentioned this earlier. Uh, it's going to be in, I assume, the Triumph cycle. Um, it is one and a black for an instant. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. If you control a Liliana Planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. Jesus Christ. This. What the fuck are they doing? What have they done? Is nuts. Because, <laughs> yeah, people were hoping we'd see Diabolic reprinted into modern through Modern Masters, or through uh, Modern Horizons. Turns out they're just going to put it in standard instead and make it better. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, this is, this is bananas. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you can play it with Liliana out, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's an instant speed discard, which we rarely see. Yeah, but I mean, you're probably already doing very well if you have a Liliana Planeswalker and then this. But like, oh yeah. And the the interesting thing here is, like you mentioned, modern the Liliana that we have now in standard. Well, there is a four mana Liliana, the zombie one that everyone forgets about from like M19 or whatever. But there, the Liliana yeah. in this set is six mana. However, in modern, there's two 
and uh, modern and legacy, and I don't know about vintage, but anyway, uh, there are two, three Lineana 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 Lineana. that see a lot of play. Yes, and it's it, yeah, with Liniana the Veil, vale, this is bananas. Like it's if you're like if if uh, I mean, I feel like it's so blatantly obviously how powerful this is. I don't need to explain it, but like yeah, like Liniana does both of these things. Liniana Lineana the Veil vale does both of these things. Yeah, um, but not in the same not not at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's 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 insane. Uh, the only other card that I really wanted to talk about here from Black is Kaya's Ghost Form. So we've seen cards like this before, but this is a bit of a twist on it. Um, so in previous sets, we've had the the cards that like they're either enchantments or they're instants that you put them on your creature, uh, your black creature, not your black creature. They're a black spell. You 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 put them on your creature, and uh, when it dies, it comes back to the battlefield. So this is a variation on that, but it's only one mana this time. It's an enchantment, and it says enchant creature or planeswalker you control. And when it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So it prevents it from dying. It, reset, it, it resets the loyalty on a planeswalker if you've used it all or, or if it gets attacked. Um, and it even prevents it from being exiled. And it's only one mana. Yeah, I, I already know it's exile part now. That is, that is very strange. Yeah, usually exile and like usually like um, yeah, a target exile spell is a way around kind of these kind of protective effects. But uh, not not today, not for this one. Um, yeah, I, I I think yeah, it's I think constructed playable. Yeah, I, I completely missed this card until you read it out. But look back, like yeah, like reset and planeswalkers, especially if as well. Like if you have a planeswalker into one, like we say these uncommon ones, um, yeah, they're going to be usually minus twice instead of one loyalty and have your static ability going. You just stick one of these on, um, and so in a way, it's, it's it kind of changes the way your opponent plays. It, it's kind of it basically prevents your opponents from attacking planeswalker at all. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, God, I, I I feel like I need to go back and look at like oh, planeswalkers that can ult straight away, or planeswalkers that uh, have a minus that they, they can. No, like plane, there are planeswalkers like you can kill with your loyalty abilities, with your own loyalty abilities straight away. Um, Not real. Like uh, it's trying to it's trying to moment like it'll say like oh, like uh, the way Gideon on his Zenifer was. No, I don't I don't think there are any that do that. And most of the most of the young right. planeswalkers in the set are designed so that they take down uh just enough like they they usually have five loyalty and a minus two so they take down twice and then don't die um the only yeah, one yeah. That we've looked at so far that can actually kill itself from its take downs is davriel okay yeah you know, everything else but take, a lot of other players walkers take two uh else. uh there is one somewhere not even also... with the minus x actually i can't remember which one that is i'm sure we'll get to it here at some point but there is a minus x somewhere okay so yeah with that one you can just you can just do it twice or yeah yeah exactly you can just do it twice in one turn exactly it's a. Uh, I think yeah, that is. I think it's um Soren actually. I think it's Soren. Okay, right. Good. All right. Let's move on to red. Let's fly through these. Uh, Chandra, fire artisan, yeah. two red red, legendary planeswalker Chandra. Uh, four starting loyalty. Whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra, fire artisan, she deals that much damage to target opponent or planeswalker. And then she has plus one. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. And minus seven. Exile the top seven cards of your library. You may play them this turn. Yeah, I think this is quite good. Um, I think it, it's static ability really forces your opponent to to play a certain way. Like, imagine if if they're already um, under pressure, they probably just can't afford to attack Chandra at all. Yeah, I mean, it can you know I mean? their life total. Uh, unfortunately, when I read this the first time, I thought that I could deal the damage to creatures so that it would just be able to kill the creature oh, that yeah. attacked it or whatever, which would be much better, but that is not the case. Yeah. Um, um, the ability is like kind of the the... It's the same. It's the same as uh, Chandra Torture Defiance, right? Or actually, th- this one lets you play lands from it. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so it's without, without the damage mark, but yeah, it's a. And then the minus seven is kind of it's pretty good, but it's not like win the game. But you get to do you get to do seven damage when you do it as well, and you draw seven cards basically. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I do think it's good. It is quite good. Like when you compare it to Experimental Frenzy, it might be maybe it just goes in a different type of deck. This goes in a more mid rangey type of deck than than Experimental Frenzy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like you can almost compare this to uh, Risk Factor in terms of it's I'm going to get card advantage unless you take four damage. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it is too expensive for the Monorad decks to own. Yes, if if yeah, something bigger, um, maybe like the uh, like the Rakdos mid range deck, maybe. Yeah, or maybe Gruul. Maybe, maybe that's going too big. Yeah. Oh, Gruul actually, yeah, Gruul's a better, better example. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I think Gruul doesn't have great card advantage at the moment. Um, this this will be very good at Gruul. I mean, I think there are other Planeswalkers, though, that are better in Gruul. I think, like, Domri that exists now is already kind of better than this, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Vivian. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, if you look at a deck like Gruul and say, oh, this, this deck needs, this deck doesn't have any card advantage, I guess it's kind of, well, it doesn't really need it. You know, it's 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 fan. doesn't involve grinding an opponent out. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think it's a good card. I don't know if there's a place for it right now, but there could be some new decks where there is a place for it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I, I know I've done it more than once here where, like, looking back to decks like last year where this would fit in and, like, you know, black-red vehicles or whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, 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 if, 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 if you're in the market for it... Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I was thinking this, imagine this with uh, Harda Kieran, you can, um, you can just uh, lava axe them uh, by crewing Harda Kieran multiple times. Yeah, it's not... It's one to look out for in uh, the next extended format. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a, if, if if the if the if I think, I think the mid range deck has the mid range deck fits into it has to be in a really specific has to be really specific size where it's putting enough pressure on the opponent, but also in the market for a gradual card advantage. I mean, it basically does nothing. The turn it comes down, right? Unless you get a land. No, yeah, no, it really does something when the turn comes down. If it comes down turn four, you're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, you, you've not done anything really. I mean, it pluses up to five, which That's is right. loyalty for a four mana planeswalker. Yeah. You can play uh, Mox Amber off it on turn four. That is very true. You can do that. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I, I think it doesn't have a place in standard yet. But uh, depending on where the format goes, it could fit into. It could fit very well into. Um, yeah, a decently sized mid range deck. All right. Um, there are a few more kind of interesting cards in red, but I'll just kind of hit one of them, uh, which is Dreadhorde Arcanist. So the reason that this card is interesting is there is a turn two, no turn three kill with this in standard so it's a one and a red for a one three zombie wizard very relevant types uh trample whenever it attacks you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to its power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost if that card will be put into your graveyard this turn exile it instead so the turn three kill with this is um turn one i think you have to play either fanatical fire rand or shock uh, and like attack if it's a firebrand, and then turn two you play yeah. this and attack again. Uh, turn three you play uh, Colossus on this to give it plus four plus two, so it's five power and has trample. And then you attack and cast the Colossus yeah. again from the graveyard, so it's a nine two nine sorry nine five nine nine seven. It's a nine seven. Nine seven, yeah. Yeah, with trample. Uh, so you attack with that and the firebrand as well. So you've now done one, two, three, plus nine is uh, twelve. Twelve, yeah. And then you thud. Is that right? Oh yeah, bollocks! I forgot about that. Yeah. 
to get the last uh, nine in. Yeah, so thud for nine, which gives you 21, right? Yeah, so just uh, standard four-card combo. But the interesting thing, I guess, is that there is another two-mana red card, this time red-black, that also has the same turn three kill. So you have redundancy. So we'll talk about that one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, it's a yeah, I, I, I think for... There, there's lots of zombies in this set. The wizards are also relevant, already relevant in standard, and it's red, so it's in the color of wizard's lightning. Um, if you just leave it natively at one power and you don't pump it up, then it can, uh, you know, it can flashback shocks for free from your graveyard, or like uh, yeah. the new Samut Sprint card, which gives something plus two plus one, and you scry one. So there, there are things that it can do. I think this is a really good card. Yeah, what about this uh, blue red with um, Adelaide's? You can just cast your shocks twice. Yeah. Or cast well, any of your burn spells just twice uh, as it attacks. And Adelis yeah. gives all your wizards uh, plus one plus one when they when you cast a spell. So this can even like if you yeah. if you cast if you have this and Adelis on the board and then on turn four you play lightning strike you can then attack and this is now two power so it can flash back the lightning strike immediately. Jesus Christ! So you're you're burning them for six and then you're going to hit them for uh, six. Also six, yeah. Twelve, Jesus Christ! It's pretty, pretty decent. I think. I'll be very powerful. In <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I like it. Right. Uh, let's move on to green. Uh, first up, we've got Nissa who shakes the world. So Nissa's back. Uh, she's mono green again. So three green, green for uh, legendary planeswalker. Five mana, or uh, yeah, five mana and five loyalty. Uh, her static ability is whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional G. So that's pretty good. And then she has a plus one. Put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it, it becomes a zero-zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste. That's still a land. So it stays a creature. It doesn't go back to just being a land at the end of turn. It stays oh, wow. a three-three. Oh, uh, I missed that. Pretty sick. Her minus eight is you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards, put them into play tapped, and then shuffle your library. So the, I think the, what? the, fir- <laughs> the first ability... The static and the plus one are quite good, but five mana is kind of a lot to ask. But I guess this is kind of yeah. quite a rampy card. So if you're playing it in a ramp deck where you're playing like Llanowar Elves on one into, I don't know, Gift of Paradise on three, uh, well, on, on two, I guess, then you can play this on turn yeah. three, right? I think so, yeah. Um, but then I guess, yeah, but I, I suppose in a way you're, you're, you're getting less value out of it if you have fewer lands to play. I mean, you're not going to want to Turn your guitar paradise forest into a creature. That's true. Well, then maybe you can play um, Elvish Rejuvenator. Yeah, yeah. To actually get a land into play. Um, oh yeah, that's that's, that's actually the ramp in. Yeah, so if, yeah, I, I think I think it's just, it's just hard to compare this. Um, I mean, yeah, compare this to the other five drops. Yeah, like I said, the bar five drops is very high. Um, yeah, I think if you're if you're in the market for, ramp, for ramping, um, yeah, I think it could be good. I mean, I don't really know what to ramp into in this standard. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as I compare this, to, just compare this to Wilderness Recreation. Like, isn't Wilderness Recreation just more broken than the static ability? Yes, but Wilderness Recreation demands that you're playing instance. So, look, okay, yeah, yeah. So I think I feel like they would go in different kind of decks. But you're right that Wilderness, yeah, yeah, okay. probably it's probably more powerful than this. And like, if you were looking at that style of deck, you probably would just go that route anyway. Because there aren't really the, these like amazing creatures to ramp into in this standard yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at like like Cardoid Graces or Zakama. It's probably the best you can do. Yeah, Graces is an interesting one actually. Like, so let's say if you if you, if you do have five lands to play, you, you have you in top of this and um, make a land drop so you can play 
They play with five high priests. Yeah, I mean, off six lands. And then and then you're fairly well restocked as well. Oh yeah, I suppose they can also untap and then retap one of the lands using her plus one. So yeah, you can actually uh, actually you can you can play this to play play this on whatever turn. Let's say you get wrap it out. You're playing this on turn three or four. Uh, the next turn you're playing a uh, a six six crisis a draw three cards. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And you have a three three uh, creature as well to go along with it. That is very true. Yeah, I mean, sounds okay to me. And Hydro yeah, yeah. will take all the ramp you've got. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of nice we have this this uh, sponge in standard that uh, no matter how much money you have, you can cash it in for uh, value. Yeah. Um, moving on, we've got what I see as like a probably more obviously powerful Planeswalker is uh, Vivian Champion of the Wilds. It's a two and a green for a four loyalty. So three mana, four loyalty is pretty good. Uh, the ability is you yeah. may cast creature spells as though they had flash. That's pretty decent. And then uh, plus one. Yeah. Until your next turn, up to two target creatures gain vigilance and reach. So you give it to two creatures and it lasts until your next turn, unlike Gideon. Uh, oh, yeah. And then her minus two. So she again, she can use this straight away when she comes down. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it's a creature card. So you get to Adventurous Impulse for a creature, and which of course has flash as long as Vivian stays around. You can do that twice and kill her if you want twice in a row, or you can just keep plussing and then minus yeah. it ultimately. Um, three mana Planeswalker goes straight up to five while defending itself. Seems good to me. That is, that is, yeah, actually, it's, it's funny. This is, uh, yeah, certainly stronger than, than, than Nissa, uh, I think. And, um, Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, so, so it's one of these things where, yeah, with, with Flash. Yeah. It's kind of, it's interesting to think kind of, uh, uh, what kind of creatures get like a lot better when you have Flash. You know what I mean? Like, um, Carnage Tyrant. Like, not like Flash. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Uh, it was something like, um, Brownish Chupacabra, you know, um, oh, yeah. Like, like when they attack, yeah, come in, kills, kill one thing, block another thing, trade another thing is, uh, pretty good uh, so it's I, I, like, I like cards like these kind of make you go back and, and you know, assess um, other cards uh, <laughs> yeah, off the top of my head I mean there's I know, there's that crappy two drop beetle that's unlimited that puts a one one counter or something I mean you know you can, you know, you can do something like that in instant speed you know like a pump a creature that pumps another creature uh, in instant speed yeah um, you can basically turn turn, 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 into a combat, turn into a combat trick yeah I mean it, it does make you reevaluate other creatures um Creatures that are not good enough at sorcery speed maybe suddenly become good enough at flash uh, at instant speed. But like again, yeah. you can't count on having this all the time, really. But it is pretty powerful, I think. Um, a lot yeah. of the time in these type of decks, like you think about Insultai, playing your creatures at flash speed at instant speed doesn't actually get you that much advantage over playing them normally on your turn. But I guess like it helps you play against control because you can do things like flash the creatures in on the end of the opponent's turn. That means they have to tap their mana and then you have a free turn for mana. So, And this is cheap enough that it can come down yeah. before, before opponents counter spells. Yeah, I, I think you're starting to convince me that it's actually not good because, because I guess they work, you know, creature every decks aren't going to want to... They're not going to be doing anything else with their mana anyway. Uh, unless it is yeah, unless it is a draw matchup where you're playing around your counter spells. Um, I mean, yeah, like something like Gruel, you're, you're not doing much with your mana during your bonus turn anyway, uh, to flash up in. So you probably just want to play creatures, creatures, creatures out themselves. Um, I don't know. All right. Because yeah, you're, you're, you're going to need a, yeah, you're going to need, you're going to need a creature heavy deck for this to work in the first place, right? Yeah. I mean, this card literally does nothing with anything that's not a creature. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah. So, and, and, unless, there, like, unless there's creatures that have, um, 
this is like another chip down. It's creatures that have uh, expensive and um, activated abilities. Uh, so then it's like here's something you can do with add instant speed without having to decrease your creature count. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that's uh, what it like adapt kind of and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so it 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 definitely seems good, but yeah, we'll we'll. we'll... Uh, let's move on to Ireland, voice of the pack. She is four green green for a seven loyalty planeswalker. Her static ability. Each creature you control that's a wolf or a werewolf enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. And then her minus two, so she she can use this three times and then still be left on one loyalty. Uh, create a two two green wolf creature token. So that's really a three three. So if you can manage to minus her three times, you've gotten nine power and toughness over three bodies from six mana, which is decent but slow. And then if you happen to have any other wolves or werewolves, she's decent as well, getting an extra plus one plus one counter. But she is not one of the planeswalkers that just sits on one and gives you like this nice bonus ability that you really want to have because realistically, how many wolves or werewolves are you going to have in your deck? I mean, in standard, probably none. Um, so this is more of a limited yeah. card, I'd say. Yeah, and even limited, there's <laughs> could it be fewer wolves. Actually, no, sorry, you'd be playing more. You haven't seen a whole set, but like there's, I mean, I think Timur, Tim, Timurhide Wolves, I think is the only wolves in standard right now. Really? I think so. Um, I'll, I'll double check. Uh, there is a wolf in this set, so there's like a three mana three two wolf. Oh yeah. So at the very yeah. least, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll sort of look now, but I think it's something. Like, yeah, it's it's well, like six six mana is already really pushing it for standard. Um, unless you're, and then it's like you're you're not you're, it's it's you're not getting like a lot of value out of it straight away. Um, I, I think if you're if you're if you're playing something a sorcery speed for six mana, you wanna you know you wanna do something class. That is very true. Um, and I mean just compare this to like. Liliana, <laughs> and you just kind yeah, of yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you found it? Um, no, I, 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 I'm, I've been making the balls of using uh, Gatherer. All right, we have Gatherer four. You should be using two. We, we still... well, I know. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I realized now. Um, Scala Wolf. Yeah, Scala. Not... Oh, this is this is. I think this is an intro pack from M19. The pack, the the the, the um, yeah. I think this is from one of the starter. Um, right. So it's yeah, wolf spirit and then turbide wolves. Yeah, just tornhide wolves or uh, just two. Yeah. Okay. So no wolf tribal going in standard, but uh, you know, keep her in mind for when we go back to Innistrad. Yeah. Um. The next card up is Jiang Yangu, Wild Crafter, two in a green, uh, three three loyalty. Each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has tap add one mana of any color, and then the minus is put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Decent card here. Yeah. So wait. Is it- I feel like it goes into the Hadana's Climb deck, but is it competing in the same slot as Hadana's Climb? Would you rather be casting Hadana's Climb on turn three if you have a creature play? Yeah, I think it's not quite powerful enough to to do that to to take a slot in that kind yeah. of deck. Um, three yeah, yeah. over three turns is not that great, and then the mana ability. I mean, you you want to be already putting lots of counters on your creatures to take advantage of that mana ability. Yeah, and it's like if your if your creatures are have plus one, plus one counters and are big. Like you're gonna want, you're gonna want to be attacking with them. Um, I don't like cards like this to kind of take one strategy that's already standard, but force you to take a different, uh, you know, style of play with them. Yeah. Like if you have a big massive board, oh, you tap them all to play crazes. <laughs> but then like you probably be, you probably with the winning line is probably attacking uh, there. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So I'm not a huge fan of this one, but it could have some some usage. Also, there's a cute dog. Yeah. He gets some bonus marks for that alone. Yeah, although he's looking a bit swole later on, so uh, <laughs> I might as well read out his card. <laughs> Mo- yeah. Loyal Companion. Three and a green for a hound. He's a 3-3 with Trample and Vigilance, so we've seen this style of card before. 
and it says if one or more plus one plus one counters will be put on on him that many plus one that many plus one plus one plus one counters are put on it instead so it's kind of like a what's the snake called winding constrictor so yeah called? yeah yeah um but yeah. For just yeah, for him scales, not, for any, yeah. not for any counters just for him um yeah so i suppose maybe a rage is fine yeah vigilance yeah. vigilance is good I guess we so we, apart from playing uh, the planeswalker, like is there reliable ways to put counters on on him in standard without like without having to play like a terrible combat trick or cards you playing anyway? Maybe Hadana's climb. Yeah, I was gonna say stony strength, but yeah, you said not terrible combat tricks. Yeah, yeah. So something that doesn't really force you to force play uh, worse cards. Yeah, Hadana's climb, I'd say, is probably the best way as well. Yeah, which is the yeah. I, I think it's, it's you get you. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I think that is very good. Yeah. If you put counter, maybe he's strong enough to be the stair. Yeah, yeah, if you put one counter on him, he's a five-five trample vigilance. That's decent. Yeah, and then the next turn you're flipping the Hadana's flying. Uh, yeah, making him a ten-ten of flying vigilance trample. <laughs> Sounds good. He basically turns into a Eldrazi. Yeah, <laughs> he has Annihilator three as well. And uh, speaking of putting counters on things, we have Evolution Sage two and a green for a three-two Elf Druid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, proliferate. So I've I've immediately noticed that I'm very bad at um uh, at evaluating pretty free cards because uh, I haven't played a bunch of them, especially not and, and especially not with um, plus one plus one counters. Um, so people are going crazy for this card. Uh, maybe it's more so in other formats. Um, but I'm I'm struggling to see. I'm I'm, I'm struggling to picture how powerful it can be in standard. But I best I'm sure the first time I play, uh, I use proliferate in constructed. I'll be like, oh, this is very very good. Well. I mean, you said with plus one, plus one counters, but don't forget that this is a Planeswalker set, so you also just play a land like oh, yeah, yeah. loyalty counter every turn. Yeah, that actually, that does, that does sound very strong. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, think. probably one of the least broken well, things you can do with it. Yeah. But, like, you, you can get a, an extra, I don't know, other counters are, you can get a wish counter for your Jinn of Wishes. <laughs> yes. Um, you, you are right that it's better in older formats, I think, because, you know, landfall triggers, obviously, benefit massively from fetch lands so if you may yeah. do something with this in modern i don't know oh actually imagine this entire tracker here you just oh, it's god it's getting very big very quickly yes yeah, a three two on top of all of this um yeah i think it could be good yeah i'm, I'm, I'm trying to see it in standard but yeah it definitely yeah, it fits into all the formats and especially oh, you know i know it's always copied to say this could be good in commander because every card could be good in commander but i think this will be particularly good in commander yeah it's definitely very good in commander 100 percent. but uh in standard again the same kind of deck that we mentioned before like a hadana's climb deck deck that likes to spread out loads of counters um if you're just using it to put an extra counter on uh hydroid crisis that's probably not very good but even like think about yeah um Think about it in like Sultai, where a lot of your creatures have counters anyway because they're explore guys. Yeah, actually, I mean, if, you, if you have them, yeah. And as I say, you're, you're just completely running away the game if you have a strong board and you're just pumping everything every turn. Yeah, and then like, you know, uh, uh, you know, your explore guys have counters, but then you're also more likely to have more lands in your hand to be able to trigger this all the time if you're playing it with explore. Yeah, for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. J. Lloyd Ranger, best of all. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's still like. Yeah, it obviously is competing with the Spock Jedi Ranger, but like, it's not like, like the body is still relevant. It's um, yeah, it's just a little bit smaller. He could even be, usually be the same size as Jedi Ranger, so yeah, maybe, maybe he could go in. Yeah. Then um, yeah, here we are, Wild Rocker and stuff. Let's see. Um, okay, I think that's all I wanted to talk about from Green. So honestly, I think in the 
in the gold cards, I think there's actually if if we start talking about the gold cards, gold cards would be here all day. So I just want to talk about one. Okay. Can you guess which one? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick out one. The gold Wallace. Yes, of course. Okay. Um. Yeah, this does look very good. This card is insane. It's bananas and pajamas. It, it is utter madness. God, I mean, it, it's I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm playing Grixis at the moment. I'm so glad that it's it's going to make Grixis great again. <laughs> Grixis is better than it's ever been. Uh, okay. Uh, well, let's... Yeah, God. <laughs> You're let's the, read it. You've been Grixis longer than me. You can read the card. All right. It's a uh, blue, black, 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 red. Five mana. Grixis. Uh, or a legendary planeswalker and a cold bonus. Uh, the Cobalt of Dragon God has all loyalty abilities of all other planeswalkers on the battlefield. So it comes in with four loyalty. It's plus one as you draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or permanent they control. Uh, it's minus three is destroy target creature or planeswalker. Um, and then minus eight, each opponent who doesn't control legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. This card is not. <laughs> I like how I like how so many so many um so many ults and so many kind of big minuses are are basically uh, um convoluted way of saying you win the game. I like how this one literally just does say you win the game. Well, it literally says the opponent loses the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. In, <laughs> it, which is, uh, as I was saying, there are some cards that that doesn't matter for, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's just like, what? yeah. Like, it fits in so well with the current game plan. Yeah, and I, it, it also curves because the current Nicol Bolas is four and this is five, right? So it curves well into it. Now, the mana cost is insane. Mana cost is very hard. But, I mean, the mana in standard is quite good, so I, I think it's doable. Uh, we also still have things like yeah. triggers or whatever that can help, maybe. Um, even if you just ignore the first ability, the static ability, like the plus one, you draw a card and then each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. So if, if they have nothing, they have to probably exile a land or, you know, they're... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. if that doesn't suit you if 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 there's not if the state the board state is not like at parity or you're not slightly ahead then you can just kill their best thing whether it's a creature or a planeswalker yeah it's uh it's bananas and like it it just fits beautifully well into the deck and play the dome because like yeah in the Grixis deck right now you're just completely stripping your hand from like turn one this is a version of the Grixis that has that uh, main board dress so like if you're like turn one dress then uh, Todd Razor then this is French campaign then Obviously, this is an insane curve. Then the Cobalt, the Cobalt Ravager. You're forcing, you're you're already crippling your opponent's uh, game plan and, and the resources. I, I think so. At the moment, it's already a really good strategy. Strategy because you. So I'm playing a version with um, uh, Thief Sanity and uh, Legion War Boss, which are like three drops that you need to answer straight away. So if you're putting so much, if you're taxing their hand so much um, and stripping their hand and forcing the forcing them to play a certain way, they just can't answer these three drops. They have to answer straight away. Um, but now it's like if you're already doing that, and then he slammed this lad down, uh, they're going to have to start. It, they're likely to only have one one card left in their hand at this point, um, and you just have them treat complete dominance over, over the game. So like, yeah, you're you're sort of take the last card to be hold on to, and then like if if you if they have to start sacrificing permanence, um, or exile of permanence, like <laughs> I thought, oh, they're going to turn that around into killing this planeswalker. Yeah, I mean. This he takes over the game very very quickly. You're gaining resources; they're down resources. He also has like high enough loyalty for coming in at five. Like if you plus him, he goes straight up to five. And yeah. None of this is even to mention the static ability, which just brings in so many other options. Like okay, of course, sometimes there's not going to be any other planeswalkers on the battlefield, but sometimes there will be. Like what if you play this into I don't know, like a Vivian, and your opponent has an uh, a 
a problematic enchantment on the other side of the board that you can just kill the enchantment. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's a, basically it's given yeah Grixis a way to deal with enchantments. That, that scenario it's given Grixis a way to deal with enchantments. Yeah, uh, which yeah it never has. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's I, I think yeah the, the the first line of text is largely irrelevant, but it's going to lead some lead, lead to some crazy stories. Sorry, I'm just freaking out because I just realized the plus one also draws you a card. Yes. Jesus Christ. It's like, so you're, you're drawing a card every turn. Draw two cards every turn. It's the Immortal Sun. It's like it's a planeswalker. What is happening? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to see how much these are, uh, how much these are uh, pre-ordering for. And Probably very, very many. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Oh, it's bananas. But yeah, I, I was looking up um, cards that, like, what, what's the best thing, what's the, what's the best way you can utilize that static ability? Um, so do you know a planeswalker that has a minus four ability that it can't use when it comes in, but the goal bolus can use it? Um, we're going very deep now. No. Okay. Uh, Tybalt the fiend blooded. <laughs> okay. He comes in. I'm, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna get this full text up. Uh, he comes in with two loyalty. Um, and he has a minus four, which you can't use straight away. Um, minus four, which is uh, he deals damage equal to the number of cards in target player's hand to that player. So for most of the time, it's gonna be zero because you're in Grixis. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. That's it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be very few corner cases where they're using that, that other ability. And um, I mean, even like, yeah, like, even like looking at the fairy, I mean, you're probably not going to be doing what, like, usually the Greeks' deck at the moment, at least, uh, is like a sorcery speed control deck. So you're not getting much out of the fairy's uh, plus one. You're going to, you're just going to want to use the Cobalt's plus one. Oh, yeah. it's like the abilities in the phase walker are so powerful. You're going to want to use those instead. Fine. That's true. Like, and that, that's... For your example with Vivian, it's like, you could be like, oh, I'm going to draw a card and untap two lands. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to. Draw a card and make my opponents uh, exile their last land they haven't played. Or again, if you look at the fairy, it's like his minus three can put something into the library, but <laughs> Nico Bolas is just like minus three. Yeah, it's... Kill it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of my... uh, like maybe read some lines. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean I'd be oh Jesus Christ, hang on. This this gets absolutely insane if there's like um something with a plus two. Uh, if if you're if this is against uh, Raska, yeah, if this against uh, the four of Raska, you're just gonna plus two twice and then win. Well, you're not gonna win because they have Raska and play. But is there is there a, a planeswalker that has more than plus two? Is there a plus three planeswalker in standard? Well, I don't know how to start looking. I don't think so. I don't think uh, so either. Maybe one of the intro deck ones, but <laughs> Jason Genius like me. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of the intro, the intro deck ones. Um, I mean, if you're if you're a playing a constructed deck against one of those, you're probably already favored. Yeah. But yeah, this is um I'm very kind of excited about the most absolutely insane. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm very excited for this card. Can't wait to jam these on arena. Make yeah. it's great again, as we said. Yep. Um oh God. actually there is one more card that I want to talk before we before we end, because I mentioned it earlier, which is a uh, Dreadhorde Butcher. So it's a uh, black red for a zombie warrior. It's a one one with haste. And when oh, yeah. it deals combat damage yes. to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. So this is the one that I mentioned earlier. That is also a turn three kill, um, like the Dreadhorde Arcanist. Um, and it's with the same same cards as well. So there's redundancy there. Um, it's with Colossus again. So you, this one, I think you actually yeah. you don't need to play anything on turn one. You can just play nothing. Uh, so you... Do nothing on turn one. Turn two, you play this. You swing for one. The opponent's on 19. Turn three, yeah. you uh, play a land and play Colossus on this. And it's then a... Uh, so it's a hit for one already. So it's a two two power. And then it's a six power. So you attack for six. 
So they go down to 13. It gets an extra counter. And then you thud. And it dull, double it deals double damage from thud because it has its own dies trigger. Ooh. The the thud deals damage yeah. and it deals damage from its from its death trigger. So then it's seven yeah. power right, so it deals fourteen and they're on thirteen. Oh god. I mean I was, even even on Razor Dunsey, do you still think that's strong enough to be played? I, or yeah, to be, I, do. I think I think there's a real deck here, and they're both zombies. Okay. We're we're only talking about three colours here. Collision Colossus yeah, is, then, is a played card. And then three cards to know part as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's um, Thud is not great, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, that's, I think that's very hard to sell me on. Yeah, I think um, Collision Classes is is, is a great card because it's yeah, it's basically just a playable combat trick where you're going to find you're going to get value out of it no matter what happens in most games. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely something to look out for. So we're could we also play the uh, Train Warder combo, or is that as as asked? Oh yeah, sorry, asking too much for your mana. Uh, um, the Death Touch Chains Train Warder. This is a warrior. Oh. So maybe now. Ooh, now we're peeling potatoes. The other one, the other uh, Dreadhorde dude, is not a warrior though. He's a zombie wizard. So yeah, maybe there could be multiple builds of this turn three kill deck. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, I'm very excited for this standard. Yeah. I mean, sorry, sorry, I'm just looking at the gold cards here in the gallery. There's already so much that we haven't gone over that we'll have to push off to next week. It's oh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> have to keep going. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at a. Planeswalkers with some strong minus five abilities that you can't use straight away in standard. All right. So we have Kaya, which has um, minus minus five. It's something that the Kobolds can use to maybe just win the game, deal damage to target player equal to the number of cards in their they own exile. Oh no, never mind. That player owns an exile. Yeah. Okay, well, the player won't own too many in exile. Pretty work. I mean, um, but... Jace couldn't cast away. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, it's also this exile stuff. But don't worry, won't have that many. But yeah, Jace couldn't cast away. You can minus five to make two Jaces. Uh, I think you would actually make two Nicobolises. I think the way it's phrased is um, create two copy, create two tokens that are copies of Jace Cooling Castaway. Oh, yeah, but when cards not when cards say that in their text, what they mean is this card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can have three. You would get you have this bonuses. Walker, we were talking about head maze. You can get yeah. Oh, sorry, you gotta get two of them. Yeah, sounds good. So it's like if you use this full slice turn, fucking hell. Oh God, I, I need to I need to lie down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm very, very excited about this set. Uh, yeah, God, yeah, scrolling through here, there's loads of planeswalkers out black, but yeah, yeah, and we'll continue them. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, we'll be coming back next week with more War of the Spark preview discussion. Um, if you want to email us, you can email skullcrackpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us a tweet, we are at skullcrack on Twitter. That's C or A I C for crack. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Bye. Bye bye. Dave Wolf, this is a return of, of your favorite um, Next Returns edition, Ooh. Next Returns variant. Um, I'm not going to make you guess what it is, because if you guess the wrong one, it's going to be very sad. That you're like, oh, my favorite one is this, but it's actually this. <laughs> but no, I'm telling you right now, your favorite is the um, Rose Wada Stone. Oh, the Twitter is... account. You, you, you... That is your favorite one. That's good. That's good. I guess they're right. 
Um, so uh, Rosewater Zone is a Twitter account where um, various magic cards, the text of various magic cards are put through Google Translate over and over and over again, translated in a whole load of different other languages, and then back into English, uh, which kind of just produces a hilariously garbled uh, version of the card. So I have a few cards I'm going to read out here to you, David Wolf, and you're going to try guess what the original card is. Okay. Ju- are you ready? Just a note before we do this. I, I was actually... I was looking at the Rose Waterstone uh, Twitter account a while ago. Not not any time super recently, so I probably don't know these cards. But um, okay. I saw like the process. Yeah, these are fairly recent stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the process that the cards go through, and I assume the languages change oh, yeah. sometimes. But I noticed that one of the languages was Irish, so <laughs> these cards are going through Irish oh, really? sometimes. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, it's good to know. All right, um, this card is called Power Ghost Female Iron. Uh, it's a creator. Okay. Uh, subtype is the cheese reproduction guide. Okay. Um, the text is hurry up and has an activated ability. Uh, blue, comma, windsurf, hmm. colon. Think about what you do and what you think. Uh, and that's it? That's it, yeah. Okay, what's, what's the name again and the mana cost? Or did you say the mana cost? So, so I, 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 I didn't say the mana cost or the, the, the um, body, but yeah, I'll go to those there. So it's the yeah, power, power Ghost Female Iron. It's a uh, blue for a 1 1. Okay. Power Ghost Female Iron, and then what's the other stuff again? So it's got it's got um, a the uh, keyword which is hurry up. Yeah. Um, and its uh, activated ability is a uh, blue windsurf. Uh, think about what you do and what you think. <laughs> um, so I feel like it's the hurry up is haste. It's actually not that hurry. Oh, it's, it's not haste. Hmm. And then maybe the the activated ability is is uh, flying. No, no, the, 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 the keyboard is flying. Uh, the activated ability. Uh, windsurf is part of the cost of the ability. Oh, so you blue, you pay blue and then you windsurf to think about what you think about. It's kind of you pay windsurf, yeah. It's obviously not a very straight... Uh, pay windsurf. Hmm. So it's a blue 1-1. One, one. Yeah. It's, um, activated ability. Standard playable. Standard playable? Yeah. Is it in standard? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I really, I have no idea. Oh, it's a siren, siren storm tamer. Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how sacrifice science on Tamer has turned into windsurf, but <laughs> it has. Okay, this other one. This is a shameless, shameless shame. It's a three in a green. Um, the card type is get started right from the beginning, <laughs> and it's uh it's has one line of text, which is every cat is the beginning of light. <laughs> um, is it wilderness reclamation? It is for the yeah. 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 Very good. The flavor text is the government refuses, is interested, and every animal comes back. Yeah. Uh, which is a quote by the Department of Justice. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try not to read the, the cover of the cover manifest will give us away. Um, okay. But the card is sorry, wait, you know, the cover, I'll say the cover, the cover manifest is five. Okay. Um, the card is called It's a Real Disaster. <laughs> uh, creature type is germ elliptical. Uh, has two, so it's key, two keywords. Simply run, simply and run are two keywords. Uh, the text is: If you have any questions, do not hesitate to contact us or contact us. <laughs> um, what the hell? Uh, okay, what's the name again? Uh, it's a real disaster. It's a real disaster, and it's five mana. Yeah. Is is this a creature in standard? No, no. It was um, it's frontier legal. Frontier legal. It's a real disaster. I have no idea. It's a reality smasher. Ah, that's far. Yes, that seems pretty obvious. Yeah, I think it's it's a uh, flavor text is it's easy to understand. 
which is the exact, exact opposite of Freddy's uh, <laughs> Smash's favorite thing. Um, That's pretty good. All right. This is a good one. Um, I will give you three more. Right. This one's called George's Grave. Okay. Uh, the, t- the card type is The World is Amazing. Okay. Um, and it has one line of text, which is All land is rented by other countries. All land is rented by other countries. Um, I'm going to, I assume it's an enchantment. Yeah, I know it's a land. Oh, okay. All land is rented. Okay, the world is amazing. Is it, is it? Oh, the world is amazing. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. All land is rented by other countries. Um, is it Cabal Strong? No, not Cabal Stronghold. What's the the one that sets land types or something? Um, Does it have yeah, to- I, I think yeah, you're thinking of Urborg. Urborg, Tormiag, yeah. Uborg, Tomb of Yagmoth. Yeah. That one. Is it that? It turns into The World is Amazing. Yeah, that's George's Grave. George's... Oh, that, that is Urborg. Sorry, it is Urborg. Yeah, sorry, the answer is Urborg, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Excellent, excellent. George's Grave. got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. George yeah. Urborg. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first name. Yeah. Um, all right. This one is uh, remove and release the refrigerator. Is the name of the card. Okay. Um, CMC is four. Uh, I won't read it. The mana cost. Actually, the mana cost is two black black. Okay. Um, the text is uh, the type is fantasy for cattle. Uh, subtype is war against vampires. War against vampires. Um, yeah. So it's the uh, text is um, Jesus Christ. The text is heart attack. Is the uh, um, uh, keyword okay if you do not have company if you do not, I, I get this i get to call this for good work all the time if you do not have company leadership you should have died <laughs> um, um there's, there's another line of text we'll see if you guess it from this okay. the next line of text will give it away i think it, it does have haste heart attack no heart attack is not haste no mm, first strike no i thought it'd be obvious heart death touch maybe not no <laughs> oh what <laughs> you're gonna one lifelink Lifelink. Life okay, so it's a four mana card with lifelink. Yeah. And it's a vampire. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a fantasy for cattle. The subtype is... Sorry, no, it's a war against vampires. War against vampires. Okay. Angel. No. <laughs> okay. It's not angel. It is, sorry, it is, sorry. It, it, it is a vampire. It's a, it is a vampire. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So war against is probably just another... Give me the um, give me the extra line of text. All right. Activate his ability. Um, yeah, so it's a... It's, it's got, it's got a template, not like an activated ability. Wait, let's say it's an activated ability. Um, two black for vampire or flower. No more promises. Then <laughs> Kalitosis, ghetto betrayal, plus one, plus one. <laughs> okay, so I feel like it's uh, Kalitas. Yeah. Okay. So a uh, trader of get Kalitas, trader of death, has, has turned into um, Kalitosis, ghetto betrayal. <laughs> what a what a beautiful transformation. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, I'll, I'll just give you one more. Okay. Jesus, I haven't read this one in time. All right, I think this is a, this is a card you like. Um, okay. It's called uh, Mama Rider. Okay. GMC is three. It's three keywords. It's Phil, wake up the kids. <laughs> that Those are the keywords? Yeah. <laughs> Phil, wake up the kids. Uh, Phil, wake up the kids. I've been watching Modern Family, so this is like throwing me off. That's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> um, what was the name again? Yeah, Mama, Mama Rider. Mama Rider. Oh, okay. Is this Mantis Rider? It is Mantis Rider. Yeah. Um, I got some of them. At favorite least. text is, uh, yeah, favorite text is, the locals know that the bears are wrong. In addition, the bicycle the bicycle begins at the beginning of the year. That is so true. Ne- true words never spoken. Yeah. Um, so you did, you, did, you did well in that, um, those extra turns. Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I think I... Check out Rose Vada's for more nonsense. 
I, I think I didn't do as well as I have done in previous uh, Rose Waterstones. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you just lose that one for not getting Radicus Smasher. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Well, I think that's going to yeah. do it for us this week. Um, cool. Looking forward to next week. More spoilers. Bye. Yep. Ah, oh, so excited. Bye bye. Bye bye.